Okay. Uh, it's Casper, the friendly ghost. You don't no, remember that? No, it isn't. It is. I don't think that's right. No, it is. You're making that up. No, it's true. Little Richard, I think, sings it at the end of this movie. Mark my words. You are pulling my leg. Mark my words. The only thing I remember, I'll just go ahead and say it. The only thing I remember about this movie is Devin Sawa at the end. You and a legion of women. Welcome. You are listening to Your Inner Child is an Idiot, the show where we look back on the things from your youth and wonder if they were any good to begin with. I am Damon Xanthopoulos, and as if you listened to last week's show, you know that uh, DJ is in Mozambique fighting with the Freedom Fighters, so we have a guest host this week, my dear friend, Laura Taylor. Hello, Hello. Laura. Hi, that's me. <laughs> um, so today... Um, we are talking about 1995's Casper, starring Casper and Bill Pullman. I remember and, that. Okay, I do remember that. And, an old, is this like they move into an old house? It's haunted. See, you have memories already. You said you didn't, but you've got memories. Am I, am I making it up that she has no friends, so she make, makes friends with Casper? With a kid's movie, it's a safe bet she has no friends. So, do you have, I mean, you mentioned Devin Sawa. Yeah. Oh, now that's something I know only post like the popularity of this movie, like in my teenage and college years, whenever Casper comes up, any woman in any part of the sexual spectrum that leans slightly, even slightly towards men, he is appealing to all sexuality. But see, here's the thing. I was so repressed that I saw Casper. I didn't think anything of him, but I was so repressed in my Christianity and, you know, heteronormativity that, you know, I went back to watch it later when I caught it on TV. And I'm like, well, let's see this kid. Let's, he's probably a hottie boom body. I was expecting some sort of JTT no, moment. No, he did not age well. And I'm trying to remember if I knew who he was before this movie, because even at that age, I was already kind of a pretentious movie snob. You already knew about Devin Sawa? I think I did. But hold on. I mean, I saw it as I was older, and I was like, why does everyone remember this kid? He's oh, just some fat-cheeked in, kid. He was in Little Giants. Uh, okay. Another movie I didn't see because of the sports thing. Right. Well, we should watch... Well, we can't watch... Maybe DJ and I will watch that. <laughs> see ya. You're going to try and kick me out Definitely. of this. Um, so did you see this in the theaters? I don't think so. You saw it after I the did. fact? I think I saw it after the fact. Is we there a Christina a Ricci factor in not this? Not at all. 0%. Not at all. Is it the five head? I was just never into her. She doesn't have a forehead, but she's got a five head. Is she? Is this pre or post Adam's family? Because this I is post. This I, is an awkward like teenage Christina Ricci. This is, they're trying to make her a young movie star. Well, I mean, she, it, it's already like you already knew her name because of the Adams family, but like... I think this is a few years after the second one, and she's a teenager, and she's kind of just in that awkward stage that everyone goes through. Right. This is pre-now and then, but post-Wednesday. <laughs> um, I remember trying... Now and then! Now and then, of course. Go on. <laughs> I need to have a separate girls podcast. <laughs> um, I think I remember wanting to like her in The Addams Family, you know? Like, she was the only interesting thing to me at the time in The Addams Family. I was not interested in The Addams Family. I don't know. Oh, I love The Addams Family, but I think she's really good in that role, and it's perfect for a kid actor because the the you know the directorial suggestion is to say it without emotion and a kid on a camera can do that very right. easily 
Whereas here, she's expected to do a little more. And I remember at the time not being into it, but we'll see how that works out now. Were you into mermaids? Oh, yes. Okay. We know she's the baby. Yeah. She's the she's the one who loves to swim. She's the non-Winona Ryder right. daughter in Mermaids. That movie is so good. That movie is so good. It was on HBO earlier this like year, and me and Tyler watched it, and Tyler's like, why are we watching this? I'm like, shut up! We're <laughs> you know watching that, Mermaids! That actor, the guy from 16 Candles... Is the boy in the Belfry. He quit after that. He was like, I'm too hot. I can't be in movies anymore. I literally have to go into a convent he and leave in, all like, these ladies. He lives in Massachusetts and he, has, he makes wood furniture. I love those stories. The kid from Charlie and the Ch- Chocolate Factory, not Charlie, but Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the original one, he's like a vet. He like is like a rural <laughs> animal vet. And um, the guy who was in the Rocky Horror Picture Show, the the actual like Rocky Horror, the blonde, you know, Adonis, he like oh. he uh, has like an antique store in in England somewhere. I That's love those incredible. stories. Like, nah, I can't. <laughs> Not for me. Not interested. So, what are you looking forward to at watching this movie, Damon? Uh. I'm looking forward to, I will say, probably the only thing I'm really looking forward to <laughs> is the three other ghosts. I don't know if they're Casper's uncles or they're his brothers, oh, but they're God. like, they're gross or something. I feel like they're, they're going to be the only enjoyable part. Because Casper, I mean, I don't know if you remember Casper like before this movie, but like on Saturday mornings when you have those cartoon blocks, like sometimes it would be Bugs Bunny, sometimes it would be Popeye, and then occasionally like some weird thing would get dropped in there, and occasionally Casper would come on. And whenever Casper came onto those Saturday morning cartoons, you're like, oh, this is lame. Because right. all Casper's shtick is that everyone's scared of him, but he's actually kind of nice. Well, also, that And that's felt- it. That's it. Well, also, that felt, uh, even at the time, didn't it feel to you like a reboot? Like Ghostbusters does. Well, now. yeah. I mean, like, it, it it was it's a like very old cartoon. Like, let's look through the vault and see what we have that someone might be interested. Let's make in. money off of twelve year olds who who don't know anything. And I also think it was that post Jurassic Park like urge to like, oh, we can do this now. Mm-hmm. We can make a live action Casper now. And I bet I, I bet that the 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 ghost thing will look fine. I have a feeling it's going to look fine. I feel like Bill Pullman's pretty good in this. Do you think my memory serves me well? Here's my feelings on Bill Pullman. I think he's got a Bill Paxton thing where he keeps getting hired in things despite seeming like, you know, probably the best guy in your local theater they troupe. they couldn't get Bill Paxton? <laughs> I just think that Bill Paxton is a bad actor. I've never seen him like, wow, he really brought something to that role. Right. He's usually like, why'd you throw the jewel off the boat? He's the worst. And Bill Pullman kind of is in that same role. Like, if you watch Independence Day, like, anytime when he doesn't have to give a speech or look like, what the hell's going on? It's like, ugh, you, no one would ever elect you to be president. Right. No one would ever elect you to be president. And I feel like that's going to be the same. One thing I do remember about this movie, and this just popped into my head, that several people of the main cast die, become cartoon ghosts, and get resurrected. And it's kind of cool to see them as the, like, Casper-fied ghosts. I really only remember. <laughs> I probably Devin Sawa. I probably... He's in the movie for, like, three seconds. I, I think <laughs> even that might be an overestimate. <laughs> and I have watched that scene maybe a hundred times. And he's so chubby-cheeked. He's not even pubescent. He's, like... You can tell he's gonna be hot, like, pretty soon. But that's a disturbing thought to have, can you admit that? (laughs) If I said that about a 13-year-old boy, they would arrest me. But how long has he been 13? Like, do they explain the... He was probably only 13 for about a year. 
I would, I would, if I venture like, to guess, is, is, he was 13 for a year, like everyone else on earth. No, hear me out. Okay. Is Casper 13 forever? Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's his curse, <laughs> um, is that he's always a boy. I see. And he has the thinking of a boy. He's because like he's Peter so friendly. Pan. Kind of, but dead. Right. Whereas Peter Pan lives forever, Casper does the opposite. Why do they have, a, I guess we should just watch the movie, but now I have all these questions. No, I kind of want to answer the questions without any information. <laughs> Why do they have a party? I remember they having a party, because she's dressed up, and he comes down the stairs, remember? Yeah. And they make eye contact. Yeah. Do they kiss us? I feel like there's I a kiss. I think they do kiss. I feel like I also sometimes confuse this movie with Hocus Pocus. Uh, which is also another movie we looked at, but it's a similar thing where has a he very, has no very friends. Cute boy from Erie, Indiana, <laughs> right? Who uh, aged pretty well. The kid in Hocus Pocus, yeah. But he also disappeared from the earth a little bit, but it felt more a like bit. in in the same way Devin Sawa did. Where, but didn't Devin Sawa get into the drugs? You might be confusing him with Jonathan Brandis or Brad Renfro. Yes, those three, and they might have been in a movie together with JTT. There was that one where they're like adventurers. Mm-hmm. There were like three brothers that get lost. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the same thing. And they but... were possibly also dogs. It was Homeward Bound is what I'm thinking of. <laughs> uh, no, but what am I thinking? What were we talking about? Right. Yes, there is a party, I think, in this. Mm-hmm. But I think there's also a party in Hocus Pocus, and that's why I get them confused. But I can't remember why there's a party in this. There's definitely, I can't remember. A Halloween either. party. Uh, my, I'm asking you that. Yeah, I know. I can't answer your question. <laughs> if only there was some way to answer these questions. I guess we should watch the movie then. I guess we should. So uh, we're going to take a few minutes. Well, literally, we're not. We're in like probably 93 minutes um, and watch the movie. And then we'll be back and talk about uh, what we watched and what we thought. So stick around or turn off the podcast. I, don't, I can't control what you do. Go watch the movie. Yeah. It's on HBO. Pause Go. it right now and you can come back to it in your podcast's app. We are live now in the studio with... No, go ahead. (laughs) Uh, We are back. We have watched Casper, 1995's Casper. We did indeed. Directed by Brad Silberling. I may have made that. Don't remember. I need to pull that article up. Um, So, we watched it. Now we're going to just recap what happened. Then we're going to tell you what we thought. Here's my short version. Damon, what happens when you die? (laughs) It's kind of like being born. Backwards. Backwards. Gross. I mean, it was maybe a good movie. You don't know what my thoughts were. I think I had an existential crisis. It may have. During the movie. Let's recap before we we, we, we give our review. Just skip to the end. All right, so the movie opens. We have a haunted mansion or a seemingly spooky looking mansion. We have two kids. One is Squints from the Sandlot. Who's also a bully on Freaks and Geeks. And then two is Other Kid. And they break in, they want to take a picture of themselves in the house, and they're like, you take the picture, you take the picture, and then we hear... I'll take the picture! That voice. Um, The first instance of Casper being annoyingly (laughs) earnest and friendly. Um, He comes in, he wants to take the picture for them, and he takes the picture, and they... Scream, scream and run, run away, away. Mm-hmm. and then the the Polaroid lands on the floor, and we see them with their hair like like a cartoon, with their hair like jut, jutting out like a scarecrow. Yes, 
And then we see the opening credits to Casper. Um, then we arrive at a will reading. Bill, uh, um, Ben Stein is there reading a will with Kathy Moriarty in full Kathy Moriarty garb, Mm -hmm. giant black hat, sunglasses, black clothes with Eric Idle next to her. She's playing Carrigan. Either her first name or last name. I don't know if the movie. I'm going to be really bad at these character names. I'm going to tell you that. I'm on it. I'm on it. <laughs> she plays Carrigan, and then Eric Idle plays Dibs. Is was that his name? his name? Yeah. And I realized at this point that this is a woman who is in Raging Bull with a man who is in Monty Python in a movie based on a cartoon and comic book <laughs> called. And at Casper. this point, so far, I feel like it's pretty cartoonish. No pun intended. Even though oh, yeah. there are plenty of puns. There, to be had. Oh, there are a lot of puns in this fucking movie. Um, yeah, I mean, well, the kid's screaming. The house is very... I mean, it's, it's a weird house in that it's covered in cobwebs and obviously trying to be spooky, but it's very cartoony. It's like an Art Deco, or not even Art Deco, Art Nouveau style house. There's a lot of rounded, like... Uh, there's no straight lines in it. All the the windows are circles. Very Everything is Beauty and the Beast pre transformation, <laughs> right? Except there's no later transformation. It's just <laughs> I the kept pre waiting part. Waiting for it. Like, doesn't that happen in this one too? Nope. Can someone just dust these corners? Not please? all houses have a spell put on them. Um, so we find out that Kathy Moriarty has inherited this house from a relative Much of some kind to her chagrin, right? And. It, <laughs> Which really confused me because she was like, what am I going to do with an old, you know, 6,000 square foot house on the seashore? Right. No one's ever made money off of this crap. Dibs did make the point. It is oceanfront property. That is true. Um, he, she is so mad she throws the will and a folder with the will into the fire. And he says their deed is in there. And when it's in the fire, I don't know if you caught this, but when the, oh, yeah. when it's in there, these letters appear Lord of the Rings style saying there's a treasure in the house, right. which was, I mean, they could also, have made it a lot a easier. a drawing of Casper's face. Was there a drawing of Casper's I'm face? I'm pretty sure. Cause I remember thinking it looks like a kid's drawing. I thought it was the map of the Lazarus room that we see later. Oh, Maybe. I was looking for clues because I didn't remember. You just wanted to see anything. Casper. You were so eager to see him. So they finally go to the house. Ka- Kathy Moriarty and Eric Idle. They go to the house, right? And they find out immediately it's haunted by. Well, Casper is being really sweet. They're like, "Who are you?" They hear this voice, and then he pops up, and he's like, "Please don't scream," which is unfortunately Casper's catchphrase in this show, <laughs> telling women not to scream. Uh, <laughs> And but when they do scream, they wake the three other ghosts. I think we can could just call them uncles for ease of podcast. I think they're uncles. There's Fatso, right? Stinky, yeah. And then uh, Stretch. the ringleader, Stretch, right? He's the doc of this this right. trio. That's so funny because I was thinking that Stinky was kind of like wacko and that he didn't talk very much. Yeah. Although but also, Fatso some... would be like Wacko because he eats a lot. Mm, they're both Wacko. But Stretch no is definitely Yakko. Yeah. <laughs> There's no dot in this. There's no dead weight, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Everyone hears you loud and clear. <laughs> so they have a haunted house. They decide to unhaunt it. They hire. And this is a really weird segment because. And this is where you said this movie has a lot of money. Yeah. This was just rife with 
I don't want to call them cameos because it's one of my pet peeves because a cameo. But they kind of are. Well, not these aren't cameos in your definition of it. The definition Explain has changed. Explain the cameo. Okay, definition. the definition has changed, but originally it meant if someone's playing themselves. Right. Like my example always is Shania Twain in I Heart Huckabees. <laughs> Is a legitimate go-to cameo. Go-to cameo because there aren't that many cameos anymore. Or Donald Trump in Home Alone Two. They were big in the eighties and early nineties, mm-hmm. and then it was just getting a superstar to play somebody, and then yeah. people call it a cameo, which is what this is. Well, this is more like I guess they are cameos because they are characters from other things. Right. They're sort of famous in their own right coming in. We have uh, Father Guido Sarducci, which kids in the 90s loved obscure SNL characters from the 70s. Father Guido Sarducci, um, and then you had Dan Aykroyd from Ghostbusters in uh, as his character, character, as Ray Stance for, from Ghostbusters. He comes in and he says, who are you going to call somebody else? Mm-hmm. And he runs away because these ghosts are bad news. Even though those other ghosts he handled almost destroyed the world in Ghostbusters, these three that are haunting a very small mansion. <laughs> too scary. Too much. Um, and then, uh, but then, Casper's watching TV. He's so lonely. Oh, does it just go straight into... We can't find anybody. Oh, they're going to demolish the house. Oh, right. Yes, yes, yes. And they scare all the construction workers away. So what are they going to do? And Casper figures it out. Casper's watching TV. He sees hard copy, another very 90s thing (laughs) that he would catch. He's watching hard copy. uh, And he sees they're doing a segment on Bill Pullman's character. And Bill Pullman is like... Well, he, can you explain what he is? He is, uh, according to... Hard Copy is investigating him for fraud, I think. They're trying to expose him because yeah. they're like, oh, this they're guy thinks he's him. a therapist to ghosts. What a freak. And he has a daughter and he just drags her along with him everywhere he goes. Which honestly is a valid complaint. Totally. Hard Copy makes a strong case but against him. But they like him. interview her on her way to school and yeah. she's like, leave me alone. It's just very weird. I like the idea that Hard Copy would be chasing down this obscure psychologist's daughter on her way to school <laughs> to like get to the bottom they of this case. They even mention the dead wife, I think. That's sort of mm-hmm. the, like encapsulates, here's their story, now go. Right. Now how do we get these people in this house? Casper. Casper's watching TV. He sees it and he's like, this is how I'm going. He, well, he gets, you know, he wants, he's got the hots for Oh, yeah. It's Christina immediately Ricci. clear that Casper wants to bone Christina Ricci. Which makes me uncomfortable. And I think you pointed this out that I've never identified Casper as a teenager. Right. And even in this movie, he talks like a child. It is weird. He's like, hi, guys. What's g- I'll take the picture for you. Yeah, he's very goofy. I think uh, if you weren't given an age, probably you would guess eight at the eight. oldest. Solid eight. Yeah, solid eight. And she's on the, on the cusp of womanhood. <laughs> well, don't make it into like we're at a Wiccan ceremony. She's no, the you know what I mean, though. Yeah. She's not like a baby. She's about to be a woman. So right. it is, it's not unreasonable. Like if Devin Sawa. If Britney Spears were to identify her, what would she say about Christina? <laughs> not yet a girl. No, I got it wrong. <laughs> nope. False. You I'm are no close. Dr. Britney Spears. Close, <laughs> um. Yeah, so Casper sees it, and he travels to Carrigan's hotel room, Kathy Moriarty's hotel room, and turns on hard copy for her. This is fun, funny to me now. The only reason he wants them there is for Christina Ricci. Because he's horny for Christina Ricci. It's not that he wants his uncles to go away or the house to be saved. 
He just Casper wants is creepy a even outside of being a ghost. He is creepy in this movie. Like every decision he makes is for some sort of weird sexual reason or semi-sexual weird. reason. You know, this is the first movie to where the star is a cartoon. Right, a first CGI lead for a movie. Mm-hmm. What what a trail mm. we've made. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Carrigan gets the idea. She hires Bill Pullman and thus his daughter to live in the house and get rid of the ghosts. And I mean, he is a very uh, academic type. His goal is to, I guess, his That's theory that is explained. He's wearing glasses <laughs> and, and a cardigan. <laughs> But his theory is that ghosts have unfinished business, and this is important. Ghosts have unfinished business, and that's why they don't cross over like other people theoretically He says do. ghosts need therapists just like people do. Right. He calls them something challenged. Living challenged? Something. No, that's not as... No, that's it's not as easy as that, but it's something stupid like that. Yeah. Some, like, 90, 90s like something thing of, like, more oh, political stupid. correctness is stupid. <laughs> something right? more stupid than what we said. Um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, he, he, so he, his idea is that if you give a ghost therapy, it will resolve its unfinished business and then be able to cross over into heaven. That's too religiously specific, but you get the idea. Well, I don't want to skip ahead, but there is a machine in the movie called the Lazarus. Right. So I think it's fair to say there are some Christian themes. Sure. That is true. And we get an angel. an angel. Question mark. Later. (laughs) Um, so that's that's what he's going to do, and he he says that it might take years, and Kathy Marty already doesn't want that. Oh yeah, but she wants that treasure now. But they've also established the relationship between the father and the daughter, which is that she's oh, right. sick of moving around, and he and she is completely aware that dad is only in this to reconnect with his dead wife, her mother, and she's like, Dad, stop looking for her. Ghosts aren't real. So that's Boom. her attitude when they show up at the house. I want friends. You're crazy. Can we stop moving all the time? She wants friends. If only we knew someone else Mm. who wanted friends. Mm. Uh, That's exactly right. So they arrive at the house, and within minutes, Kat sees Casper and believes in ghosts. So that's done. Oh, yeah. That all happens very quickly. It is very quick. The movie felt kind of short, actually. Um, she's digging around, digging around. She's going through the house. Um, she opens one room and she sees three beds for stretch. And they're, the, the names are carved into the beds themselves, much like Ernie and Bert, <laughs> but it's stretch fatso and stinky. And mm-hmm. she's like, where's dopey and grumpy, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, and then she finds another room and she's like, this will be my room. And Casper is already in that room, like hanging out. Like standing behind her, like pretending like he's gonna. Well, not he pretending, keeps but trying like trying to reveal himself. Right. So he throws something at her, or he catches something that she. Well, throws. she finds oh, this a is so so weird. She finds a boot. stinky sock and she throws it behind her, and it gets in his mouth, and he spits it out. Oh yeah, that's right. Over her shoulder, and then she realizes she's not alone. Right. And she screams at the she top f- of her lungs. She faints first. Oh yes. And get then there's get it right, Damon. Sorry, you're right. And then he. What does he do? Well, now do you I remember? <laughs> <laughs> he oh, goes. He and- wraps himself around her so that when she wakes back up, she can't scream. Is that later? That's later so when he stops a woman from screaming. <laughs> um, he he goes into the bathroom, throws himself in the sink, and turns the sink on. Oh my god! Fills up his body soul? Question mark? with water. No, they they definitely have 
real bodies in this movie. Scientifically. But they're not like skin flesh bodies. They do. But they can be affected by physical things. Yes, because they're able to do so many things. They're getting sucked up in vacuums. They're being hit with plungers and actually moves them. I just realized that I kind of want my mom to watch this movie and like tell me the spiritual implications <laughs> of Casper and the gruesome threesome or whatever their names are. It is are. frustrating for anyone who likes things that make sense. Oh yeah, to watch the, this movie. The world building of Casper is not at peak form because the ghosts, especially, can go through walls, but then can also be right. hit with a bat. So or vacuumed up, right? If need be, and they can't escape a vacuum bag, but they can th- fly through a vault if right. necessary. Anyway, uh, she sees Casper faints. He fills his soul or whatever up with water, his body, wrings it out on her to wake her up, and then she, then she screams. screams bloody murder. And then he, I can't remember, but oh, Bill Pullman comes and he's like, what's wrong? And she's like, I just saw a ghost. And then he tries to convince her that she didn't see a ghost, which I thought was confusing because he's the one who's so sure that they exist. That's right. Well, that's when I realized, oh. This movie is poorly written. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I was trying to give it the benefit of the doubt, I think, but I realized, oh, he's a fraud. Right. You had actually, your version of the movie for those few minutes was much more interesting than the actual movie. What was your theory at this point? My theory at this point, and I think this may be true, or at least one of the writers is trying to portray this. One of the three executives who wrote the script were like, what if he's a fraud? Shut up, Greg. I think he's trying to find his dead wife. He's moving around to different cities. He's dragging Mm -hmm. his daughter along, trying to find the ghost of his ex-wife. But he's never seen a ghost. He doesn't actually believe in them. He's a therapist who's lost his way. And he's opening up an office in these different cities. He's saying crazy things. And then hard copy gets a hold of him. (laughs) But wait, if he doesn't believe in ghosts, why does he think he can contact his wife? He's just desperate. But if he doesn't believe in them, like would that that wouldn't well, be an maybe, avenue? Well, maybe maybe he does believe in them, but he's never he's definitely never seen one based on his reaction. I think you are right to that he's never seen one. Um, not anyone like Casper, and this movie proves that not all ghosts even look the same. That yeah, some we can like cover that in a bit. Sometimes blobs. Some sometimes look- they have hair. <laughs> sometimes they have the clothes they died sometimes in. Sometimes they look exactly like they just did. Maybe Casper, Stinky, Fatso, and Stretch all died naked. Maybe they changed. Here's, here's the theory I concocted in my mind during the movie, is that the longer you're a ghost, the more you turn into, like, the white blob. Just an amorphous blob. Yeah, which proves to me that Casper's been dead for hundreds of years well he's definitely been dead like at least from like around the turn of the century yeah from those newspapers he's old which is why he's so horny right you got to give him he never lost his virginity (laughs) can you imagine um so eventually so after all this screaming and fussing and fighting about uh casper the three uncles uh, of ill fame uh-huh. have arrived back at the house after I guess scaring the Belmont stakes is what I got out of it. They scared a horse race. I think I didn't. Hear there were a lot the details, of horse puns, but they were just. We just had a ball scaring some people. Yeah, it was fun. But they had like the crown that you lay on the horse's neck around. You were their really arms. paying attention. Oh, I'm on. <laughs> Um, I was but like, then they realize they realize that there are humans in the house and they get to haunt humans and, and they have all these funny do. names for them like uh Saxabones. 
Yeah, bone bags, skins, fleshies is uh, like a like almost like a racial slur. I feel like they throw <laughs> around, um, but they they scare um, they they try and scare Bill Pullman and 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 poor cat is stuck in a closet that Bill Pullman put put her in mm-hmm. to protect her from Locked Casper. her in there, and she eventually gets loose. And Fatso pushes her in, and we get our first gay pun where he says, "We got a closet case over here," mm-hmm. which I always appreciate. Um, Closet cases or puns? I appreciate both classic cases and puns. (laughs) Um, So they also, they pick up like umbrellas, they pick up swords, they pick up all these sorts of things. There's like a sword fight going up and down the staircase, like a la Errol Flynn. Right. And that's when I started to get confused. Because, I mean, a few times, like, Bill Pullman, like, lands a few good hits. And I'm like, so they have, like, a corporeal being. You didn't know this already with the water in the stomach? I mean, at that point, I was like, oh, that's kind of a fun gag. But then I'd started to, like, have, like, real stakes when they're trying to kill right. Bill Pullman and everything. Right. Like, wait, what are the rules here? I don't know what this we're fighting against. This is definitely the most, the wackiest part of the movie. Right. Was just the chase, sort of a chase scene through the house. But it kind of felt at the beginning like this is more of them getting to know each other and sort of an intro chase scene. There was going to be a bigger one later, but it right. turned out it was the big. This is the big chase yeah. scene. And then uh, Bill Pullman picks up a, a vacuum that's been lying there, presumably for hundreds of years, mm-hmm. because, you know, this house has been abandoned. And he sucks all three of the ghosts, not before Fatso doesn't get out one more good pun, mm. this sucks, before being sucked into the vacuum. It's funnier when you say it. <laughs> What a piece of shit. Uh, um, well, why don't you tell the the people out there listening, <laughs> like DJ, uh-huh. what the, some of the puns were. Oh, so I, I, I didn't even get a good list Most going. of the puns were in this section, which One I'll call was, The Great Chase. Uh, who wants sushi? They kick Bill Pullman down the stairs, and he grabs the, the rug going down the stairs, and he starts rolling himself up, and they say, who wants sushi? California roll. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. This sucks is another one. Mm-hmm. Scream or sugar. Mm-hmm. Closet case was another one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I got any more. Do you remember any more? I don't remember any more. I should have written them down. But there were that Damon just listed four. There were probably... 25. 2,500. Every, every word the uncles say is a pun. Right. Nothing uh, drives the plot forward. <laughs> they only live to for joke puns. around. Yes. Plays on words. It was almost as bad as like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Batman and Robin. Just like pun after pun after pun. Mm. I'm like, we get it. You're dead. Please stop. <laughs> um, so what's after that? What happens next? Is so that the next morning? They, have- they survive the fight. Yeah, Bill I think Pullman and Kat. Mid-fight, Bill Pullman pushes Christina Ricci to the other room and says, "Have fun at school or whatever." Oh, that's the next morning they wake up cuz Casper makes her breakfast. Oh, that's right. Okay, now we become And this friends. is when he says he wraps his body tail. <laughs> his mer tail around her. He did look like a merman. Um, he wraps his body around her like a like choke. a gag mm. and says, "Please don't scream." <laughs> Just what you want to hear from your new friend. This is where he establishes that he is a friendly ghost. By the way, did we talk about the te- the name of the town? Friend- oh, yeah. They lay it on real thick. Go ahead. Friendship, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I just wanted to make sure we mentioned that. Yeah. Uh, Friendship, Massachusetts. She wants a friend. I have trouble saying Massachusetts. Massachusetts. I felt self-conscious when I said it. Like, I thought you were looking at me like, you don't say that state right your whole life. 
Massachusetts. Massachusetts. I say Massachusetts, but it feels like it's too, like I'm... Massachusetts. Too hard. Massachusetts. I think you're supposed to skip the chew a little. Massachusetts. Like if you're from there, you wouldn't say... You wouldn't say Massachusetts if you lived in... Right. You'd say Massachusetts. Massachusetts. But then I feel like... I feel like I'm being too cavalier with it, and I'm just going to fuck it And everyone's going to be like, you're not from there. What? What did you say about my state? Anyway, Christina Ricci so, goes to school. Well, yeah, the next morning, Casper makes her breakfast. Oh, right, friends first. And then I think that's when Bill Pullman realizes there's also a friendly ghost. Mm-hmm. He makes and, some breakfast, it looks delicious, and then the uncles come but you in, raised a good they point. ruin everything. You raised a good point, like, where did they get this food? Like, how old is this food? <laughs> They must have chickens. They have chickens. Because there's all these Rube Goldberg-esque devices and like a, you know, a a chicken like egg comes down, it cracks into the pan. I'm like, how the fuck old is that chicken egg? Right. It's disgusting. Unless they have chickens. The the ghosts are raising chickens. Are they ghost chickens? They have all kinds. I mean, Casper is making them. So the uncles come in and ruin the good time because they're hungry. Casper bring us our food. He brings in all these... Uh, piles of baked goods or desserts. Yeah, like sweets. And puts it in front of them, and they start eating them. This and, was the most disturbing to me, and the and movie then I remembered, like normal. There were only a few times in the in the movie where I actually remembered something, uh-huh. and this was one of them, where I'm like, oh yeah, it's going to move the camera below the ghosts, and all the eaten up, chewed up desserts going to be on the floor beneath them. Right, uh, I was confused by this. So they eat these sweets. You can see it traveling down where their throat would be. Right, it goes down their faux digestive throat. tract, <laughs> and, and then it just lands underneath them. Like, like shit. And then Casper's cleaning it up. And I said, is this disturbing? Because it's kind of like he's cleaning up their shit. <laughs> it was a very weird scene. And I was like, are they just making him cook because they're so mean and they just want him to do things? Can they actually taste this food, but they Why can't actually they digest it? Why do they have eggs if they only eat dessert? Why eat at all? I feel like if I was dead, eating... Oh, I would definitely eat. Are you kidding me? But can you taste when you're dead? It doesn't matter. You would still eat if you couldn't taste. That's what you're saying. All I can do you is You eat for the feeling of no, stuff just... in your mouth? <laughs> it's something to do. No, that's true because Texture. I'm like, every four hours We're I just taking away taste here in this scenario? Yeah, you take away te- taste. But there's still texture. And there's still the activity. Sure, I will give you those. Definitely the activity, and I'll give you're you. You're asking me, am I a ghost? Am I still going to eat? Yes, you would eat because you're like, I love the feel of slimy onions in my mouth. Just, I'm a ghost. I love chewing. I'm that probably going to be a ghost forever. I don't know. So yeah, but I'm you could eat. like travel the world. You could go see the wreckage of the Titanic. Guess you could go I, to yeah. Mount Everest. Guess what I'm going to do when I'm there? Eat. Yeah. <laughs> you brought Luna bars with you on top of Mount Everest. No, it's like those people that drink those weird shakes, like meal replacements for the rest of their lives. Like, Just it's for actually calories. called Soylent Green or something. Like this <laughs> no, new, I've heard about this new this, companies yeah. come out with them. I, I don't understand They missed that. the last 15 minutes of Soylent Green, the movie. <laughs> I was also surprised, not to like go back, but I mean, we saw this when Casper leaves the house to go like get mis- carrying... Carrigan, sorry, I couldn't mm. remember her name, but get Carrigan to realize that episode of the hard copy is on and realize that Bill Pullman's a thing. And the the three uncles, they leave whenever they want. So I'm like, 
So you you're not usually in ghost lore. Mm. They're like confined to this like real estate property because apparently the afterlife is really strict about real estate law. Like you can't leave these bounds. But they could go wherever they want. Like other things during this movie, I developed a theory in my mind about this, which is that they can leave for certain periods of time, but Uh they have to come back. Do you think like the ghosts? That's why they were always gone at night. No, I think they can just go back for like an hour. They have a curfew. They have an, an it's not time. eternal curfew. Well, I think they can be gone for for short periods of time. They have like a shift that they have to put in at the house. Yeah, if they're gone for three hours, then they're they're maybe they're pulled back like like a magnet. <laughs> maybe it's painful, Damon. Ever thought of that? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I like to think that there might be like a foreman in the house is like, all right, guys, you got to get back. This house needs haunting. We can't just be like, to this yeah, but you never see him. He's they just like in, in the story one of, of too, too many, many ghosts. ghosts. Where were we? Cat goes to school. Yes. You want to tell us about what it's like at school? Oh, it's the worst because there's <laughs> As this, always. there is this blonde bitch all up in her business. Blonde women are the worst. She's walking to school. Cute blonde boy says, and I want to say he's a little reminiscent of future Casper. He reminded me a lot of sort of like a Mike. What's that? Not, uh, what's the kid from, uh, this stuff. Give it to me. He was in those like teen comedies, and then he was in Edward Scissorhands, and he got all buffed up. And no, yeah. Michael, what's his name? Anthony Michael Hall. Yes, he was so much cuter than Anthony Michael Hall. Anyway. Oh yeah, but he was like, like if Hollywood was making a movie about Anthony Michael Hall, they would cast this kid. Okay, maybe so, like, he's a lot hotter than Anthony Michael Hall was, but I'll allow it. <laughs> but he has blonde hair. Like when James Franco played Allen Ginsberg, you're like, I don't think so, but okay. <laughs> so she's walking to school. Blonde boy says hello. Yeah. Blonde girl. Vic was yeah. his name. He seems kind of nice. Seems kind of gay, if you but, ask me. <laughs> you mentioned it several times. <laughs> and then... He's like, hey, Kat, what's what's up? That used to be my locker. <laughs> he wasn't like that at all. He was totally like Very that. Very de- defensive of his He had a picture of Carol Channing in his hand. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, do you like Hello, Dolly, like I do? It's the best. He's very nice to her, but mm-hmm. in one of those classic, I think more of an 80s movies thing, he slams his locker door, which reveals that the blonde su- girl on the oh, other side, yeah. who is obviously, has her claws in him in some way. And she's like, I date all the gay boys in this school. Yeah. So she's like, stop talking to my boyfriend, and they go to class. Yeah. In class, it is revealed there is a Halloween party coming up as you do in movies about ghosts. And they can't have it in the cafeteria because of some weird... Asbestos (laughs) removal! (laughs) So, blonde girl stands up and volunteers her new boathouse. And so that's how you really knew she was a bitch, because one, she's mean, also, (laughs) she's rich. Rich bitch. So... People seem vaguely excited about this prospect. They clap like you would, like... At a golf match. Or like a political speech. Like, yay. So then they do that thing in movies where you introduce the new student, you embarrass them, you say their name wrong, says her name backwards. Right. The blonde girl's making all these comments while she is... And the teacher's, like, cool with it. Oh, yeah. Everyone's laughing. There's one shot where he's just smiling. He just laughs at her He's like classic Trudy. She's always just a real (laughs) bitch to everyone. When she tells everyone where she lives, everyone knows. It has a name. I want to say Maymont. (laughs) Not even close. It's close. It's like Whip something. Whip whip Staff. Mm. I think it's something like that. Or Wish Staff? Whip Staff. 
It's not Whipstaff. It starts with a W. I know that because there's a W on I'll the I'll give gate. you that. Thank you. So she says, I live at the W house. People <laughs> gasp. Uh-huh. And then this kid says... Why? The only black kid in... I want to say this. I want to point this out. It was, it's the it only, only black kid. Racist. And he was like, wait, teach. Let me get this straight. It was <laughs> very like, weird. almost starts to rap it. Yeah, and then it's he like almost... The, it's like, like the writers were let like... Let me break this down for you. <laughs> it was very uncomfortable. So this student mm-hmm. suggests that they have the Halloween party at the scary house. At and, her sick pad. And everyone is stoked. And right. no one wants to have it at the rich girl's mansion anymore. So she is obviously plotting something that never really works it really out. Never, it was supposed to be like a carry moment. And just like, you can't even pull off what John Travolta did? Get out of here. <laughs> You're an amateur. So now she's going to have this party. I think she goes back home and the blonde boy shows up and asks her if she'll go to the party with him. Well, she, yeah, he shows up at Kat's house and oh. says, hey. I just want to mention that Casper is in the classroom, like, making faces at Christina Ricci the whole time. He makes faces at Christina Ricci. He ties all the students' shoelaces together so that when they get up at the end of the He's basically stalking her. Yeah. It is very, like, sleeping with the enemy, this whole movie. And the movie wants me to be cool with it. And I'm like, I have some serious qualms. (laughs) It's kind of like when you see The NeverEnding Story again. I know you guys did that one. Mm -hmm. But you sort of realize that Falcor is kind of creepy. Oh, yeah. It's just like... Don't worry. I brought it up. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, so so Vic shows up at Whip Stash or mm-hmm. Club W or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. And uh, he says, hey, what? You want to go to the dance with me? And she's like, oh, my God, that'd be so great. And he walks out, you know, like after she's so pleased that the hottest boy mm, in school wants to go dance with her. He walks away from the front door and we see that blonde rich bitch scheming is like, she fell for it. I'm the worst. Our plan is in motion. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then we learn. And the boy is like, oh, man, I hate doing your bidding, rich girl. It's very like, uh, he. it's he, all her. She's the villain. He's very much a pushover. It's yeah, weird. I was really trying to, really tra- like, working hard to like... What's in it for you? Get him out of the blame. You seem blame. like kind of a nice guy. Right. Except he's obviously not, because he's doing whatever this rich girl wants him to do. But the movie really wanted to get him off the hook. He really wanted them to flesh out his character, to you be know, honest. I would have liked it, because he acts <laughs> just like a plot device. Like, I do whatever someone tells me to do. Yeah. Um, so that we're probably back we? at the house. I've written down, rich bitch dates gay Vic. <laughs> Casper followed her to school. Kidnaps. Oh, this is when he, he, Casper was watching the whole thing with Vic. And so at night, when he's in Kat's room, like he's already done at least once in this movie, he uh, says, what has he got that I don't got? And she's like, aside from a pulse, there's another oh, yeah. sort of pulse. There's a whole discussion. Casper's immediately just feels left out and is like, but why don't you go to the dance with me? And she doesn't seem that sad. She's like, you're a ghost. Yeah, she seems like actually matter of fact and like giving him the straight dope. Just like, you have a mermaid tail, no penis, I'm not going to date you, you're dead. Like, there's no reason. We can be friends, but what's going to happen? Like, Tyler said when we were watching, what's the end game here? But uh, but Casper, he, he does a classic cartoon trick where he blows into his thumb, which inflates him into like a super mm-hmm. muscular, like Superman character. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, can he do this? And he 
kidnaps Cat oh, from right. her room by dragging her out, um, and he takes her to a lighthouse, and there they sit on the roof of the lighthouse. Casper doesn't remember what his life was like. He doesn't remember anything. Not his parents, not right. how he died. Nothing. Which is, which Cat uh, remarks is quite sad. It's very sad. And it has that theme. I had a really hard time keeping track of what music was happening when because there was just music constantly. The soundtrack was very active. If it was goofy, it was like goofy music. If yeah. it was scary, it was like comedic scary music. Right. Don't want you to get too scared. There was scared. never a time when there wasn't music playing in this movie. It was almost an opera. Like, the music never stopped. <laughs> Another like, reason just, this mu- movie was expensive. Just music right. constantly. Famous people popping in constantly. There's a time when all the ghosts inhabit Bill Pullman. Oh, right, yeah. They change his face into Mel Gibson, into who else? Uh, Clint Eastwood and Rodney Dangerfield. And, uh, and they're, they're actually them. Like, it's them. Mm-hmm. They do a little, like, one-line cameo for each of them. And the music, I mean, even when there's a scene where Christina Ricci is walking down a hallway, nothing is happening. The music won't stop, (laughs) even for that. It's like, James, give me your best hallway walking music. (laughs) Uh, So This movie's a mess. I wrote down, actually, give her some privacy, Casper. Let her be. Yeah, there's definitely a time where it looks like she thinks she's alone, and he's just there looking at her, and it just feels a little intrusive. A little bit like, I'm watching you sleep. Um, So, I guess Christina Ricci has, like, a present to Casper. She finds his room when he was a kid, and she cleans it up. She, like, takes all the cobwebs out, and Mm -hmm. to me, it looked like she painted it, but the movie doesn't imply that. Um, It's the only clean room in the house, I just want to say. Uh, and she, you know, shows him, and he's like, oh my god, in seeing his room, he's like, I remember, I remember all these things, and you see him sort of play with his stuff, and I just want to point out, you know, no matter how sexualized this movie wants Casper to be, his room is full of, like, baseball gloves, toy trains, like, it's very, like, eight-year-old kid, um... But then he remembers the Lazarus. Like, he starts, like, getting all these memories as it comes. He does tell us how he dies. Oh, right. Which is a sled accident leading to pneumonia, correct? Yeah. He says, I remember I was in the cold. My dad got sad. Right. He says he was sledding, and his dad wanted him to come in, and he wanted to keep sledding. And, yeah, exactly. He, so he it's got his cold. fault. Yeah. Just to point out. Victim blaming is what you're doing. But this is when Christina Ricci says very seriously... What is it like to die? <laughs> and, Casper, and the movie Casper would like us to know it's like being born, but backwards. He actually tries to answer the question. <laughs> oh, there's another really gross moment that we skipped where oh. when she's falling asleep and it really feels like he's all up in her business. He's like, oh, this yeah. is after he's kind of told her, I don't remember anything. And she's going to bed. He kind of hugs her and she's already asleep. And he, he says, also has another weird line there. Can I keep you? <gasps> The worst. Awful. And then he kisses her on the cheek and she says, Casper, close the window. I'm cold or something like that. Yeah. Go away. (laughs) (laughs) Go away. I'm not interested in you. I, we're just, she friend zones him is what we find out. We're just friends, Casper. Uh, so the Lazarus is when I scream, we finally have our MacGuffin. Yes. So, uh, Casper takes, uh, cat to, his father's library. He, well, he realizes my dad was a great inventor. Come with me. Right. 
And we go into the depths of the what seems like a castle all of a sudden. Right. It just has levels and levels and levels. It reminded me of the Haunted Mansion in, in Disney World. Definitely. He puts her in a chair, he hits a button, and she goes screaming down <laughs> all these levels and ends up in this, like, lair. Not a magician's lair, an inventor's right, lair. Right, she goes through this Rube Goldberg machine, which is like the up and atom machine, which is all the stuff you would do in the morning, like comb your hair, shave, what have you, uh, if you were a 19th century it's man. It's terrifying. Absolutely terrifying because there's just like straight razors coming at you. It's also still working after a hundred years. Not even a creek. Not even a creek. Just working fine. Those razors were sharp oh, as the ever. Light bulbs are on. Yeah, light bulbs for no. <laughs> yeah, light bulbs are on. Anyway, so so they get into this room and there's this uh, big pool in the center of it, but otherwise it's seemingly an, an empty room. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, she hits a button in in a book. It's a fake book marked, you know, titled oh, yeah. Frankenstein. She opens it. Go I ahead. just want to say we found that we, at some point in the <laughs> we movie. We discovered through our sleuthing. At the same time, Casper starts to remember stuff. They find all these newspaper articles about crazy father loses son in freak accident. Crazy what did we learn? Casper's father. last name was like, it was very. Irish. It was, no, it was Scottish. McFadden. Ah. Casper McFadden. So, Dr. McFadden, you know, dies in a loony bin or something? Yeah, like, tries he went to crazy. Invent- mm-hmm. So, he's like this crazy inventor. He's very much like Belle's father. No one believes him. <laughs> you know? You really want this to be Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, so, the, uh, she finds this button in the Frankenstein book. Hits it. This machine rises out of the fog. And it reminded me of Superman. Like, son of Jor-El. Just rising yes. up. Meanwhile, the bad guys, at the same time... Oh, right! The, to the, yeah. Have come back to the house looking for treasure. Treasure. Uh-huh. And they are... They have followed them down. They've also gone through the wake-me-up machine with the straight razors and all the, like, shooting whipped cream... Not whipped cream. Shaving cream on your face and going through the shower. It's just very goofy. Yeah. It was It was kind of sad to see Eric Idle have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so they're down I there should watching. point out they, the only reason they were spying on Bull, Bill Pullman, and they see him like doing therapy, doing therapy. Oh, phrases the whole I time use. Bill Pullman is like hanging out with these awful ghosts. Hang, he becomes friends with the the three, you know, bad ghosts or whatever you want to call them, and they feel. Uh, we skipped a lot, I realized. They feel bad that his wife died, and they're like, oh, she was always so nice to us. And they sort of pull a prank on him where they're like, oh, she's right behind this door. And it turns out it's just fatso in a dress. But do they know her? I don't know. I guess we'll find out maybe later. Mm. Um but they're sad that Bill Pullman's sad. They feel bad for pulling the prank on him, so they take him for happy hour. And they fly out with him in their arms out to a bar in Friendship, Maine. So Carrigan and uh, Eric Idle, Dibs, I mean, they feel comfortable coming into the house. So they go into the Lazarus room with right. Casper and Cat. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the Lazarus machine is what? Can You, you want to explain that one? Yeah, it's become clear at this point. That Casper's dad went crazy trying to bring Casper back to life. Right. He was trying to invent a machine that could bring a ghost back to life. So Casper is starting to remember stuff, and that makes it easy to tell us, the audience, what the fuck is going on. Easy to ex- <laughs> to have layers and layers of exposition directly addressed to the audience. Like there's these weird, what I called, uh, upside-down light bulbs filled with uh, apple cider vinegar. <laughs> 
There's like three they of them. They did look like that. And one of them was full, and mm-hmm. Casper, and she picks it up, and Casper's like, don't, don't touch don't that. Don't fuck with this lady. <laughs> don't touch that, because that's the last juice left available. The last juicy juice. Which will bring a ghost back. So you can only bring one ghost back to life. Per bottle. Basically, and there's only one bottle left. and it, Only enough for one I soul. I spent that whole scene obsessing over, well, who did he use the other two bottles on that are empty? And why you not? You think that's like dogs in the neighborhood that he killed and then brought back? You think he was like testing it, and then he had one bottle left before he got to Casper, and then he got drug off to a loony bin? Like, Maybe. where's that movie? Those are fair questions <laughs> that Casper refuses to answer. So they start pushing buttons and pulling levers. And, the and mach- then, they, yeah, they're really cavalier about the machine, even though they have one bit of juice left. They're like, ah, oh, just pull some triggers. I'm going to come back to life now. Uh, he goes like, no big deal. Casper's like, okay, I'm ready. I'm getting inside. Yeah, there's no lead up. There's no, like, tension building. He's like, I'm good. Or, or is this going to work? That's what he I was literally like- says... I'm gonna be alive. <laughs> so he hops into this capsule, you know, closes the door. It looks like a submarine. Right. Like a Jacques Cousteau's house. Right. <laughs> what Jacques Cousteau would live in. I have to spend all my time on submarine. I want my house to also be the size of a submarine. So he puts the juice in. You turn it around to start it going. Uh-huh. You pull a few levers. You press the button inside the book. I guess so. Yeah, well, that rises it out of the the pool in the room. Meanwhile, the bad guys have spotted the treasure They've been listening the whole time. Yeah, they hear the vault. And Casper says, that's that's not the thing. That's not Lazarus. That is the vault. He looked out the window, and it made me scared. It did, because my my neighbor was pulling out. So the light was like, (laughs) it made the light, like, went through all the leaves outside the window. we're in a room with open windows, talking about ghosts. It's fine. Don't look out the window. (laughs) Have you become scared by Casper? It's about ghosts. I do have this thing about ghosts where I don't believe in them, but I'm also terrified that I'm going to be proven wrong one day. So I'm like, I just don't want to, like, if someone's like, oh, let's all hang out of that you know, children's hospital that they abandoned in 1912. I'm like, no, thank you. Right. Why bother? Why, why fuck with something if it's not broken? It's fine. (laughs) It's an abandoned children's hospital. It's 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 never happened. And you want to keep it that way. Right. Exactly. It's not been proven. Why should I be the one to prove it? Um, you're absolutely right. So, so Casper hops in the machine. They try and turn it on, but halfway through its run, Eric Idle like pulls the juice container out. Uh huh. And, uh, Casper's only half baked. He looks like a fried egg inside, which is a funny visual gag. Right. So that's happening, and the villains are realizing, oh, we can become ghosts because ghosts can pass through walls. This is a very convoluted idea, but they've decided a very risky idea that one of them should become a ghost because that ghost, once they're a ghost, they can pass through the vault wall. Get the treasure, treasure, yeah. bring it back out, uh-huh. and then use the apple cider vinegar to become human again. I love that they just trusted that this machine worked based on no tests whatsoever. In my mind, clearly the machine didn't work because Casper is still a ghost. It was like his life's work to bring him back to life, and he <laughs> failed. Right, exactly. He's evidence <laughs> that it failed. Uh, yeah, it's a... Uh, they really take on faith the fact that this machine has solved the problem of death based on the fact that a ghost told them. Right. It's amazing. And they're like, well, this is our new plan now. 
we're going to kill you, Dibs, and then you're going to get the treasure for me. And then or there if, are a few funny mm-hmm. scenes where you see Kathy Moriarty with a giant axe. That was the only funny part of the movie. Was her with an axe? Just them trying to kill each other for like 45 seconds. It was, I will say, is the closest the movie got to actually being funny. Because those two... It were, could have gone on for a little bit longer and I would have been happy. You know those two actors hated doing this. Yeah. But probably got paid pretty well. They definitely had the attitude of, where's my check? (laughs) And this was their opportunity to ham it up. Yeah. You know, there was a shot of, like, her driving, trying to knock him off a cliff with a car. Yeah, she tries to run him down. She tries to axe him. While they're in the house, she tries to axe him. Uh, It was very Death Becomes Her her for a second. It was very, yeah, he she, he tries to trip her over some grease that he just found, I guess. Um, oh, yeah. Well, she's, like, doing that villain thing, like, here's how I'm going to take over the world. Right. He's, like, in a weird suit pouring what I thought he- was chocolate sauce. <laughs> <laughs> I never talked he's about in this. Knights, knights armor. He's in knights he armor. To find an outfit that fit him. Got in it. Find some chocolate sauce. <laughs> Spread enough of it on the floor. Without and there was her, a lot. Like without gallons. her noticing it. Right. In while he's in armor, which is known for being noisy and she slips and she has a very like like tom and jerry like she slides around like a mannequin over there and then um he gets outside and then you know the her headlights come on and she starts driving and she hits a tree Mm. at one point and she's like i can't move my car she opens her driver's side and she falls down a cliff she had hit the end of the cliff so she dies so she survives and he's yelling down the cliff are you a ghost yet? And then this <laughs> giant ghost, which is more well-drawn than the other ghosts we've and seen. And wearing clothes and having hair. And, like, the same makeup. There's color to her. She, I think even her dress is torn, like, at one point. It's drawn in the same style. It's not, like, more detailed or by a different illustrator, but it is definitely her and not... It's definitely it Kathy have a, They all have the weird mertails. I'll give them that. You gotta give and them I that. And I still have my theory that as long as they, the longer they're alive, the more they turn into the white, they lose You've their given color. This more thought than the than the script writing robot even <laughs> gave it. So you, your thought is like after years and years, her clothes would just become white. Well, and my like theory was kind of debunked. Body. Well, we'll get to that. But someone else dies, and as soon as they're they're a ghost, they can't remember anything immediately. Yeah. Although she remembers what her goal is. She remembers that she needs to go in the vault. She immediately goes to the vault and steals the treasure. I'm starting to think this isn't well written. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she is a ghost. And we cut back to Casper and Kat in the Lazarus She's room. blowing him back up to a ghost somehow. Right, with a bellows, with, uh-huh. with a fireplace bellows. And we hear... Now that Kathy Moriarty is a ghost, it's all laughing, all maniacal laughing all the time. She's like, ah, ha, 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 my plan has come to fruition. Ah, ha, 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 ha. Um, and yeah, she's in her black dress, Murtail, mm. hair, makeup. Um, and she just immediately goes into the vault, then opens it from the back, comes out with the treasure chest. We just see a treasure chest. Mm-hmm. And then she probably said, ah, ha, 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 ha. Um, and then what happens? I know what happens ultimately to her. Oh, well, then Dibs pops up. Oh, and he grabs the apple cider vinegar, and he's like... Oh, yeah, she's like, get me in this machine, let's do this. 
He's like, you always throw people under the bus. You suck. I'm going to break this. I'm going to not let anybody come back to life. You're going to stay a ghost forever. And then Casper and Christina Ricci trick her. Well, she kicks dibs in the nuts so hard that that he flies through a window. (laughs) And then Christina Ricci catches the apple cider vinegar. Right. Remember? Because she kind of goes, huh. And she lands in, a, well, lands in her hands. As it's coming down, you feel like, no, neither of you going to try to catch that? Just reach for it. Any effort would be fine. But then uh, they, yeah, they trick her. Explain the tricking. Um, so throughout the movie, Bill Pullman keeps saying that these ghosts are here. Now, granted, this is someone who is a, a fraud. But he says, these ghosts are here because they have unfinished business. Right. So then um, Christina Ricci says to her, don't you have unfinished business? Because she's trying to be back to a human again. And she said, oh, no, I'm all done here. Exactly. And then she starts... Kind of like Beauty and the Beast. Little lights start shooting out of her. I thought of ghosts more than Beauty and the Beast. Because God has decided, oh, now you're ready to pass over. God's like, I was just waiting for you to say that phrase. (laughs) You said the words, now you're coming with me. I like everything just so. You're coming to heaven now, lady. So, Leah, light beams shoot out of her. Yeah, much like Beauty and the Beast. Um, And she is... She disappears. She she drops the treasure. It opens up, and you find out the treasure, which Damon had long predicted that he remembered that it was lame. The treasure was super lame. It's like a 1920s baseball glove and a really dirty baseball. Right. And she's like, it's just a baseball? And he's like, what are you talking about? It's signed by... Was it Duke Schneider? DJ would eat this shit up. Oh, yeah. Deej, are you so mad that we don't remember the baseball players' DJ loves turn-of-the-century baseball players. (laughs) I guarantee he knows who that guy is. He probably does! So, it's signed by some dude. Or woman! It's dude. Uh, And uh, it's the lamest treasure. I hate that. I think movies think they're really clever when they're like, what if we make the treasure love or something stupid like that? I'm like, you're just pissing everyone off. Um, But yeah, then the doorbell rings, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, it might have been earlier, but the doorbell rings. Cat runs to the front door and hits her class. No, no. Oh. No. The, no, no. While this is happening, the dad is doing karaoke oh, right. at a bar yep. with the three bad ghosts. Mm-hmm. He's singing Jailhouse Rock. The ghosts are planning to kill him because they want to hang out with him more. Right. It was actually oddly sweet. They 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 were like they were having so much fun with him that you know right they wanted him dead. So they're all drunk ostensibly. I mean, Bill Pullman is drunk. They're drinking. I can only assume the water's on the floor beneath them. Right, exactly. Like it's just a bunch of tequila underneath their myrtles. So they're having a ball. They're they're planning to kill him, but then he's like, you can keep the house. Possession is nine-tenths of the I law. Did. That was kind of funny. <laughs> um, You're haunting I love it. you guys. He kisses them all very strangely, and then he stumbles out of the bar. It was a Roger Rabbit-style kiss, yes. like you're kissing nothing. And he makes this big mwah at the end, mm-hmm. to make because he had to kiss nothing. So yeah. I guess they had to draw it in. And then he stumbles out of the bar into a pit, like a construction zone, and he dies. Someone has been, has been doing construction on the sidewalk directly out the front door of this bar. And no one has locked the door or anything, and he falls down and he dies. It's like Bill, like Damon's greatest dream, Bill Pullman in this movie has died. <laughs> he is now dead. If only it was Bill Paxton, yet. though. He's not dead yet. Uh, so, 
So, so when Kathy Moriarty disappears into heaven or hell, she is assumed corporally into heaven like the Virgin the treasure, Mary. Uh-huh. Then we're like, yay, we've got the apple cider vinegar, we've got the machine, uh-huh. let's bring Casper back to life. Now there's nothing stopping us from bringing Casper back to life, let's just slowly bring him into the machine. Get everything started. But the class did arrive at this point, because I remember they were like, oh no, this is the worst possible time for them to arrive. I guess you're right. I don't remember. At some point in this whole ado, the class arrives to so start setting up for the she party. She runs upstairs and opens the door, and right. lets them in, and says, uh, here's the room. I'll be back, and then goes back downstairs. There is a funny visual gag when she does that, though, because she just leaves immediately, and the class is, you know, creeped out because this uh, there's all these urban legends about this house. So they all move as, Club like, one w. syncopated huddle. <laughs> into the center of the ballroom, which I thought was pretty funny. Correct. So anyway, back to it. Bill Pullman's dead, and they got one piece of red cider vinegar left. You can see where this is going. They're going to bring Casper back to life (laughs) and figure that Bill Pullman will work it out. (laughs) Bill Pullman comes in. And he's got a cardigan. He's still drunk, also. (laughs) And I asked if he would be drunk for eternity, because he died drunk. Uh, Bill Pullman has more items on than any other ghost. He has hair which Kathy Murray already had. He has a cardigan on, which yep. she had clothing, but he also has glasses he on. He has glasses. And a five o'clock shadow, I should add, on top of that. So it raises a lot of yeah, questions. Yeah, the ghosts get more and more detailed as mm-hmm. they die. I'm surprised he didn't have movie. legs and pants on. Mm, he did have the Murtail. He did. Everyone has the Murtail. He murtale. flies in. Christina Ricci is, understandably, Distraught. sad that her father is now a ghost. And he doesn't remember a fucking thing. Until they pinky swear. Which might be a drunk thing, now that I think about it. At first, he just, what did he do? The combination of being drunk and dead has rendered his memory gone. Oh, he sort of blew into her pinky at first, like, uh, made a fart noise. Right. right? We forgot to mention, they have this sort of, they only do it one other time in the movie, at the very beginning, but they, like, do the pinky swear thing. Right. And so, she tries to do that, instigate that again, and he just, like, thinks it's a pull my finger joke. Mm -hmm. But then she forces it on him. And he's like, <gasps> I remember. And then the music comes on. No, it doesn't come on. It's there the whole time. <laughs> right, that's a good point. <laughs> the music continues. <laughs> the music gets louder or changes slightly. So then Casper, in a Christ-like move, mm. says, you need this more than me. Actually, it. it's, it's actually an anti-Christ-like move because he doesn't come back to life. He makes Bill Pullman come back Get to life. Get in there, daddy-o. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Bill Pullman comes back to life. And the machine works, and nobody's like, oh my god, we've just brought someone back from the dead. No one gives a shit. No one, They're like, we, let's go back downstairs and make great. sure these kids, these elementary schoolers are comfortable. <laughs> right, exactly. Let's make sure we clean the bathrooms before we get down there. We want to make sure this party's off the chain. Casper is sad. Sure. Go have your party. He's been clock-blocked by death mm-hmm. yet again. Yep. And then Bill he's, Pullman and Christina Ricci have like a moment. Right. Watch it looking over the party from the, from the, you know, the landing on the stairs. She really doesn't care about Casper. I know he's creepy and he's all over her, but she couldn't care less about him. She shows no real affection towards him, which makes the ending weird. But let's, I, so Casper's in his room. Feeling friend zoned, mm-hmm. he's tossing his new baseball sign by Duke Schneider. He's also around. been robbed of life, Damon. Let's be real, but also friend zoned. 
more importantly, friend zoned. More importantly, not going to lose that 120 Can't year old dance. virginity. Doesn't have legs to dance with. Um, and then a light starts pouring in from the ceiling. This is like a different movie. Totally. Totally. And I always remember this as Juliana Margulies, but it turns out it's Judging Amy comes down. She's in a red dress, uh-huh. like a lacy dress with like wizard sleeves and a, like a shawl. <laughs> like Handmaid's Tale red dress. Right. And then well, there's a weird exchange because he's like, are you an angel? And she... She nods down. <laughs> She won't answer the question. And then on the way back up starts talking. So it's not like... So it doesn't seem like a full nod. So like like, she's, at first you're like, oh, she's nodding. And then you're like, oh, she's talking. But then you think, she did nod. Right. Technically. So wait, sorry to interrupt you, a lady, but are you an angel? Please answer the question. So yes, she's an angel. Maybe, but so angels don't usually mother. wear red. Did you explain that it's their mother? Sorry, it is, it is Amy Brenneman. J- judging Amy is Bill Pullman's... Uh, dead wife, Kat's dead mother. And she's like, hey, Casper, awesome what you did back there. That was really sweet. You know what? I'm going to give you a little treat. And he's like, you're going to make me... What does he say at first? You're going to give me a penis? He doesn't say that. (laughs) Um, You're going to make me into a real-life boy or something like that. Uh And she's like, well, just for a little bit. Like a a Cinderella-type deal. And he's like, till midnight then? And she's like... No, 10. Right. The 10 o'clock was weird. Um, and actually, I don't think she actually says in that scene, but that's what we discover. She doesn't say what she's giving him, but she's telling him it's a Cinderella type deal. And mm. then, uh, oh, we forgot, we forgot the carry, the failed carry moment. You want to uh, explain that real quick? Sure. I'll, I'll explain. Please. I get them every time, don't I? <laughs> Um, so blondies are scheming in the another rich room. Bitch. Yeah, they are dressing up as basically like a double tall ghost. She's standing on his shoulders with, and super with, proud of it too, with like a ghoul's face, and they're looking in a mirror, she's a slit neck, right? Like Marie Antoinette, and mm-hmm. she's like, "We're gonna scare the shit out of all these kids. It's gonna be awesome." She's like, "I wish you could see this. This is awesome. Like you look like two teenagers on each other's shoulders, right? Covered in flour." So then the. Uh, the uncle ghosts show up and scare the shit out of them, and they go running through the crowd, screaming. Like, Vic is running, and she's being dragged behind him. And she gets clotheslined by some decorations that, who put up? Question I mark? assumed the, the teacher. class got to be the teacher. the teacher. No one else gives a shit. <laughs> Just the teacher dresses a lobster. He's he let the, the kids decide to have the party wherever they wanted, so. Right, she didn't, they, they didn't even confirm, like, that they could have it at this, like, what I imagine will be a historic location, like, like protected by the state. But they have to, like, sign parental consent forms. Right, I'm sure, like, you'd have to get with the government, like, the Historical Association of Maine. It and seems say, like a lot of work. It? Yeah, it's a lot of paperwork and red tape. You are not going to want to do that. So the blondies are running through, uh, they get clotheslined, and they get embarrassed in front of everybody, and everybody kind of cheers, and then all turn in unison towards Kat. Right. And they're like, you did it! Awesome party! Who kind of half smiles and realizes, now she's made friends with everyone. But then the next scene, we see her sitting alone while everyone's dancing and having fun. Right. But then we get this camera, like, 
point of view like shot like moving through the crowd and all these girls who look suspiciously like 31 years old moving through the crowd like looking directly at the camera at this person. No, you're behind him. You see his beautiful Oh, you hair. do. You see his beautiful hairline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like, who's that? Wah, wah, wah. Mm-hmm. And... And he's got like this big pirate, like like the Seinfeld fluffy shirt on. Yeah, he's got the puffy shirt. He even has like pirate boots on. Like they come up to like his calves. Yeah, he's like dressed up as a pirate, I guess. Because I guess he did mention that he played with his dad all the time, pirates, which seems like a weird thing to bring you to the girl be- that you want to take to Pound Town. Like you really paid attention to this movie. <laughs> the the mythos of Casper. I'm like fluffy shirt. Okay. <laughs> It just seemed like if you imagined what did Casper look like when he was alive, you wouldn't be like, probably like a kid in a puffy pirate shirt. (laughs) Seemed like kind of a letdown. Probably not like a 15 year old. Hold on. I want to look up exactly how old he was. I spent part of, movie, part of the reason I didn't pay as much attention as Damon is because I was obsessed with how old all the old people were. <laughs> Which was depressing. I wish you hadn't done it because you're like, how old do you think Kathy Moriarty is okay, in this movie? So and I'm like, and I, oh, she's definitely in her 40s. You said 42. <laughs> <laughs> I was really sure of it, though. Oh, man. Damon and I were both 34 and she was one... You're older than us. She's 35. And she looked like an angel. <laughs> like an angel. She did not her, look like an angel. She looked skin. like someone who had had a little bit of work no, done. Her skin was perfect. She, had she looked had like a someone who, work whose done. mother told them to wear sunscreen all the time. And she followed <laughs> her mother's orders. I just figured she was in Raging Bull when she was young. That's 1980. This is 15 years later. So she would have been 20 during Raging Bull? Probably. Okay, how old was Devin Sawa during this movie? Go. 13. He was born in 1978. So was he 17? Does he have that Justin Bieber syndrome where he never like actually... He still looks kind of young, honestly. But like a messy young? A little bit. <laughs> 17 years old. He definitely doesn't. He still had like the chubby cheeks of like I youth. think I did that math wrong. So, yeah. so he comes, he, he, he's like, this is the climax of the movie. I don't want to. Uh, and this is the, 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 the scene that launched a thousand girls libido ships. A thousand teen beats. Exactly. Yeah. Because this is the scene that is always cited whenever you say Casper the movie, no one's like, oh, the CGI characters. Right. Everyone's like Devin Sawa at the end. <laughs> So he he puts out his hand. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't say, may I have this dance? He puts out his hand. Uh, Cat takes his hand. They go to the center of the room. And like any movie, everyone just fucking clears the dance floor. Like, oh, the hot people on the dance floor. Get the hell out of here. Um, and they start dancing. And what is the first thing he says? We, do we notice they're floating first? No, they they're we first we notice they're floating. Yes. We notice people looking at them. And that's when we them. notice his pirate boots. That's when I noticed his pirate boots. No, I did not notice his pirate boots. You were too enthralled with his beauteous was really face. Really into it. it was he does have nice hair. That 90s like semi bowl cut like not really a bowl cut but it's like faded. Well, it's a perfect JTT and split in the writer, middle. Yeah. strong, Devin layered, Sawa, like Jonathan Brandis hair, almost like feathered out, definitely hair. And he says, "I told you I'm a good dancer." That's what he says. Uh huh. And then he says, "Just can to reiterate, I, how can I is keep it? you?" Oh! which we didn't even know she heard because we thought she was asleep. Right. 
And then she realizes it's Casper. Mm-hmm. Which you would imagine Casper would be bald, because in the afterlife he has no hair. I don't know, Damon. It's a lot of lot of work you're doing, a lot of legwork you're doing to make there, this work. There's a couple of moments in this movie where I really think Christina Ricci should be reacting more strongly. For example, when she finds out her father's dead. <laughs> sort of like sniffs and when she finds out her ghost friend is now a human yeah she kind of goes but it's all because he's cute and she's dancing with someone oh yeah i i I did say while we were watching i wanted to give christina ricci the benefit of the doubt because you know she's a teenager and she's pretty much for the majority of this movie acting to nothing but then in this scene she actually has a, a acting partner to react with and she kind of acts the same as she did throughout the movie. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't It was very good. Yeah. But I also feel like, I mean, you have Eric Idle in this movie, uh, Bill Pullman, who's, you, you know my thoughts, but you have Amy Brenneman. You have all these people who are competent, at the very least. I really think there's a lot of fingers that can be pointed at the director here, <laughs> where it's a very broad, like, acting and, like, sort of silly acting, and no one's being given good direction on how they should be acting. I think I kind of think it didn't matter. They threw a bunch of money at this film so that there'd be all kinds of weird of music. There'd be at the time <laughs> a bunch of weird music at the time, probably like state of the art special effects and lots and lots of stars that would appeal to both parents taking their children. Although I didn't really feel like this movie was safe for a certain age because she says like to piss off at one point, and I think they say hell or damn or things that like as a... Well, I mean, Catherine Moriarty is referred to as a bitch twice in this yeah. movie. Um, wait, why don't you round out the, the last bits of the movie? Okay. Judging Amy comes to visit President Whitmore on the balcony there. They're dancing, and while they're dancing and they floated and everyone's watching them, Amy Brenneman comes in the red dress to her husband. Devil He's- in the red dress? What if she's a devil, actually? That's why she sort of slowly nods, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm an angel. Used to be in Asterisk. heaven. <laughs> you mean I fell from there? Yeah, I waged war against the Lord. <laughs> um, and she sort of ex- she sort of wraps up the movie and explains to him. <laughs> She's like, ah, so the rest of this is. He said, "I have so many things that I thought I would have said to you, but he's basically speechless." And to they- his credit, he actually reacts in a way that. A person would feasibly react to seeing their dead wife talk to them. Um, I'm a great Bill Pullman defender, so I agree with you. The Bill Pullman apologist over here, Laura Taylor. (laughs) Um, So she basically uh, says, you know, you don't have to have me come back to life. You're a good enough parent on your own. You realize all his insecurities. Yeah, he's not. But all his insecurities were sort of lying in. He needed her to help raise his daughter. He didn't Mm -hmm. feel like he was doing a good enough job. It kind of gets, but it doesn't get as, us talking about it now is making it so much more serious. Probably as serious as they wanted it to be, but it just didn't feel that. It just felt like, okay, let's get on with it. So then it strikes 10, and you realize Casper's got to go. Casper was given about 15, maybe 20 minutes? No, like seven minutes. The same, the DJ's playing the same song. Not even first base. He couldn't even get anywhere close to her. Well, I guess he does get to first base. I thought they were both going to kiss. Like, they were going to do a double kiss. Ooh, that would have been nice. But instead, they, like, show Amy Brenneman floating away backwards 
away from her husband, and then Devin Sawa and Christina Ricci kiss. And then as the camera is sort of behind his head again, because that's where it likes to be and, you know, his great haircut, and he disappears, <laughs> and you see Christina Ricci sort of making a kissy face and then backs up and she notices he's gone. But he's still there. He's, he's just now cartoon Casper. Right. And he's back to... everyone's looking at him like, oh my God, I'm looking at a ghost. And he says, boo? So and then everyone- he's like creepy, goofy Casper again. And everyone screams and runs out of the house. And they scream, but they're like frozen and their hair like actually sticks up like Pippi Longstocking and they like run out of and their room. Flipping, flipping over, out like yeah. the end of November rain, like flipping over any like surface to get away. Um, and then at the end, like Bill Pullman, Christina Ricci and Casper all dance in the center of the now empty ballroom. And the uncle ghosts pick up guitars and start playing a song. Like a rockabilly version of the Casper theme song sung by ex-gay rock and roll icon little richard <laughs> still alive still alive yeah that's right although i, I feel like maybe you heard it here year, last within this year i feel like ouch damon sorry i just want to get ahead of those death notices i just want someone to be like you know what damon you have called a it? google alert for little richard and you know it little richard and carol channing i'm waiting the clock is ticking guys oh, man. she's never gonna die she can't be killed um so yeah ends in a rock and roll storm of ghost party yeah so so what did you think of this movie this movie's awful <laughs> This is a really bad movie. And yeah. I just want to say, I don't know if, you know, it's proven in the earlier section, but I didn't remember this movie as being good. I only remembered Devin, Devin Sawa. Sawa. I remember this movie. my age. I remember having the, this movie having a lot of cringeworthy moments. I'm just like, I, that, may I keep you, even before I was aware of like, you know, the ideas of consent and like, don't be a creeper, don't watch women sleep, like those things, like may I keep you? Can I keep you? Like, oh. Unfortunately, I think I was really into that at the time. (laughs) You asked me if I saw it in the theater, and I have no idea, but I know I saw the end multiple times, so I must have owned it or had a friend who owned it and had the ability to Well, Tyler admitted while watching he owned it. Does he still have it? I don't think so. (laughs) But I, I, I think I definitely did see it in the theater. But yeah, this is not a good movie. Mm Mm-mm. I feel like it could have been... I mean, there's a lot of stuff I feel like they added. I don't remember Casper cartoons. I never read the Casper comics very very much at all. I don't know why I said very much. Like That claims like I read it at all, and I never did. Um, So I'm not familiar with how that works. But it feels like there was a lot of stuff added... It felt like a very like workshop like executive saying, "Ah, add this sort of crap in there." Yeah, too many cooks in the kitchen. Right, and it just felt like this movie didn't know what to do, and it didn't know if it wanted to be really sincere. There were really strikingly like earnest moments where I was like, "All right, Casper, just fucking." You had like a bunch of fart jokes ten minutes ago. You don't have to like have his dead wife appear, Uh, and. You know, and then there were parts where I feel like, you know, they could have played around a little bit more and had a lot more fun. Like, I feel like playing around with her not seeing Casper for a while would have been fun. Like, I feel like she saw Casper immediately and believed in ghosts within the first 20 minutes. Yeah. 
I think and Christina Ricci had more star power at that time than we realize. No, I think they were. De- there was definitely like she was a rising star. Like after the Adams Family, mm-hmm. they were like, "We're gonna cash in." And I mean, this movie did well. I mean, we looked it up. It was about fifty million to make, and it made two hundred and fifty at the end of it. So I mean, it it made money. Do you back. know how that compares in the mid nineties to other movies? I think fifty million was like a pretty big movie. I mean, today to, they, you mean to spend to spend for a movie, right? Um, I mean, even today, I think that would be a big movie if you spent $50 million yeah, to make Yeah, I think, it. Uh, you know, critically, the movie sucked, but oh, yeah. it was a huge success. And I think they did exactly what they... It didn't matter if the script was good or if there was too much music. They had a ghost. They had Christina Ricci. They had, they had a ghost Devin people vaguely Sala. remembered. <laughs> they had a bunch of goofy ghosts. Oh, the sexualization of Casper. That was really weird. Oh, yeah, it's super And weird. it gets weirder the older I get. Because I don't think Casper has ever been portrayed as a teenager. He's always been like a kid-type character. And to make him into this like sexualized teenager, where Whoa. he like wants to hang out with Christina Ricci in a way. The top movies of 1995... This was it. ...are Toy Story. Oh, okay. Wow, this was much later than I realized. Braveheart, Goldeneye, the first... Uh, Pierce Brosnan, James Bond. Seven, Usual Suspects. Clueless. Okay. Batman Forever. Oh. Jumanji. Jumanji. Pocahontas. Leaving Las Vegas. <laughs> Kid Friendly. <laughs> Is Casper anywhere on here? Oh, not even close. Okay, so let's see. Let's see what Toy Story grossed. Okay, it was $30 million was the uh, budget. Uh-huh. And it grossed $350 million. I mean that's a lot so, more, like, but Casper was pretty big. No, I think uh, I think it was a success for what they wanted. I don't think that anyone would have held it up to a higher standard. Unfortunately, it didn't need to be better. To it seems make like more a money. real like we're making this movie. We did it. Mm-hmm. Here you go. You remember Casper? Come and see it. <laughs> yeah, it definitely seems like a cash in, and I can't even say that I really liked it as a kid. So it's hard for me to say my inner child was an idiot. But if, you're, if you did like it, I would say your inner child is an idiot. Mm, I did not like it. But I did like Devin Sawa. I didn't feel like, I feel like you were unimpressed by his... I used know. to remain unimpressed. He's got the gap tooth, although you like that. Do we ever see his gap tooth? A little bit when he talks to her. <laughs> I'm swooning you're over so here. so into it. I can like, even though I was so repressed as a teenager, I can look back and see, oh yeah, I can see why people were into Justin Timberlake. Or, or not Justin Timberlake. <laughs> JTT. What's the... Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> now you can't stop thinking about Justin Timberlake. Uh-huh. Uh, but like looking back, I'm like, I don't know why people will be into this kid. He just seems like some kid. Yeah. Some kid. I was into it because I was her age. I had wanted to find love. And then out of the blue, the cutest boy ever shows up. <laughs> With the nicest hair. <laughs> All right. Best well, hair. If you have differing opinions or if you have similar opinions to us, write back and let us know what you think. You can reach us at yourinnerchildisanidiot at gmail.com or you can reach out to us on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or Periscope. Don't go on Periscope. We don't have that. I don't even really know what that is because, as we said, I'm 34 years old. Um, and was I not supposed to reveal your age on the no, show? No, that's fine. Okay. You can. Um, 
If you want to uh, check out Drewford, my comic, you can go to DrewfordComic.com. Where can they find you online, Nowhere. Oh, yeah. She is uh, from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, so you can't find her anywhere. Um, so, uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's all I got. They'll find me liking all of your statuses. That's right. So, um, just reach out to us there if you have any other thoughts on Casper, and if you have any ideas on what we can cover next, let us know. Thanks for having me, because I have Oh, well, thanks for being here, LT. recording equipment. (laughs) That's why we need you the most. (laughs) All right, well, that does it for us. Thanks, everybody. Bye.